Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, mate. You all right, man? How you doing? Oh, man, I'm good. I'm listening to lots of your music. Oh, no. Yeah, no, poor me. <laughs> I just wanted to double-check plans with you, and I was thinking maybe I could meet you at the studio first because I'll be wheeling around lots of gear. So maybe drop okay. that off and then um, strap on some mics and go for a, a little wander. Yeah, that's fine. Do it at the office, and then we can go into, like, Hackney Wish and stuff. Yeah. That sounds good to me. Other than that, like, chuck me the address over, and um, I'll see you Monday. Okay, cool. Nice one. See you then, mate. All right, man. Take care. See you Bye. soon. Bye-bye. How's that? Clean. Clean. Say hello. Hello. Welcome to Excuse the Mess and the first episode of the second series. My name's Ben Corrigan and let me tell you about Excuse the Mess if this is the first time you're hearing it. This is a music podcast where I have the pleasure and privilege of hanging out with a different composer or musician for a whole day. We'll talk about their creative practice and their work. Then in the latter part of the day, we'll take on the challenge of writing a new piece together, but following three rules. We can't pre-plan anything. We only have that day to make the track and we can only use one instrument that the guest has brought along and electronic manipulations of it. Let me just fill you in on what's happened between Series 1 and Series 2, because it's quite a lot, actually. So, Excuse the Mess won an award at the British Podcast Awards, a bronze in the Best Arts and Culture category. So that was pretty chuff and great. And as a result of that, ACAS, one of the world's leading podcast curation platforms, got in touch with me and asked if I would like to come on board. So that was an obvious yes from me. And I'm very grateful to them for now hosting this podcast. The other thing to tell you about is all the music made in the first series is now available as a standalone album. It features nine tracks. Each one is a different collaboration between me and the guest in that episode. And that's available in all the usual streaming places. I'm really pleased to say that Arts Council England and PRS Foundation are supporting this podcast again, along with Isotope, who give me access to some of their wicked software RX audio editor. Worth checking out. Anyways, this episode, the first episode of Series 2, is with such a brilliant electronic artist, and I'm super happy that he was up for being the first guest in this series. It's Derwin Dicker, also known as Gold Panda, also known as DJ Jennifer, also known as One Half of Selling, also known as Dad. Not my dad, he's recently become a dad. What you're hearing underneath is a track called Metal Bird. It's a Gold Panda tune. We're going to talk quite a lot about Gold Panda, about future Gold Panda music, and also going back to talk about the foundations of which that music is built upon. And you'll get a real sense of like how diverse his, uh, his tastes and music-making abilities are. 
We also talk about a project that Derwin's trying to keep separate from all his other work. It's not necessarily a secret project, but I have edited out the name of the artist in which this music is released under, apart from one spot where the eagle-eared amongst you might hear it. What else? There's also a bit of a Spotify rant that's worth keeping in there. It's good food for thought and Derwin has some interesting points to make. He also talks about how becoming a dad has changed the way that he wants to make music. And, and finally, he speaks really candidly about his relationship to his own music and he is his own harshest critic. So I just wanted to say thank you to him for sharing so openly and maybe to some of you listening that can relate to some of the things that he's saying. Okay, I think I'm done. We can get on with it now. This is episode 11 featuring Derwin Dicker. Doing right now, walking to. Right now, we are walking to a record shop called Vinyl Pimp in Hackney Wick. We're hoping they've got a pound bin. I've never, I've been there once, but I don't remember. I'm banking on a pound bin. That's the budget. Where's the budget? Yeah. I so think... we're we're getting our instrument really because yeah, like the concept is we have an instrument and make a track out of just that instrument. Yeah, right. But you don't play any instruments. Well, I can't play, so we have no choice. Yeah. Is this idea of getting a vinyl and using samples quite close to your normal process. Yeah, so I started making music with an Akai sampler and an Atari computer and a, a record player and I wanted to make hip hop. Well, before that I was making Jungle with a friend, but he was really good at it and I was really crap. <laughs> uh, and I started to get more and more into hip hop and then I realized how they were making hip hop and I was like, oh, I can do that. My uncle lent me the stuff because he was a music producer. Okay. Yeah, and I just ended up making hip-hop and rapping on my own beats, but being terrible. And then I found my own way of making music where I got further away from hip-hop and started getting into more, I suppose, electronica or electronic stuff. Yeah. But so I wanted to keep the, the vinyl kind of sound and uh, I think always wanted to make electronic music that had a um, quite human element to it or quite uh, yeah. spontaneous, natural kind of sound rather than very rigid. I was actually noticing that your beats are loose. Do you play a lot of them in? Yeah. Record so, them in on your MPC? Yeah, I play them in manually, but badly. <laughs> and then it has a nice quantized function. And it has a really good yeah. swing. You can swing like individual notes and stuff. And sometimes just tapping it in badly sounds better than if you yeah. tap it in well or you quantize it. So you just leave it. And Is sometimes it? You take, if you take a, a snippet of drums, that are not that rigid and you just loop it. It has its own swing to it anyway. Yeah, the use of samples in all of your stuff I quite like, but they're a little bit rough around the edge. Yeah. I mean, that comes from just having, originally just using a, an MPC. So on the last record was just a MPC 2000 XL and uh, sampling into that. And there's only a limited amount of EQing you can do in each thing. Then I got the stems and I took them to um, my friend's studio, Luke Abbott. He made them sound yeah. a lot better. Right. Cheers, Luke. Well, I guess that's probably good for the music making process if you're limited. If I have too many options, I never get anything done. Same. That's what I found doing all of these podcasts is that, like, when you give yourself just one instrument and four hours, you stop giving too much of a shit. Yeah. But actually, that might lead you to somewhere that's a little bit interesting yeah. and somewhere that normally you're too critical to even reach that place. The, the other problem I have is the longer I make music and the longer I read about it and get to know music and know about 
how music works and the science behind it, the less I like my own music because I, it's revealed how <laughs> awful it is. It's <laughs> and how unprofessional you're, you're, I am. You're a terrible so, critic. So I'm trying yourself. to... We have to go over this bridge here. Oh, okay. It's very hard to retain the kind of naivety of just making music without knowing about music. Yeah, you know? so you were just doing everything like from an intuitive point. Yeah, I just... I mean, there's probably some stuff that isn't really in tune, like, per se. You know, it's in yeah, the tune. Yeah. It's, it's in key, I suppose, but it's not like a natural... Because the samples are pitched around. When you pitch a sample around in the sampler, it's not set. So I'm sure it's like a couple of microtones out or whatever, yeah. you know? Like it kind of drifts a bit, which gives it a yeah. nice sound. Like I think those sounds add to all of that warmth you're talking about. This is Same Dream China from the Gold Panda debut album, Lucky China. Lucky Shiner and Half of Where You Live mixed with Jas Shaw, who's in Simeon Mobile Disco, who I now make the selling stuff I with. didn't know your collaboration went that far back. Yeah, so we're just making our second record now. He's got a nice studio and he's got lots of equipment, and we pick a few bits. I think what we're doing is we set up a system, or like an algorithm, with gear. And when it starts to get interesting, then we hit record. And so the system we've built kind of dictates how yeah. the music's going to sound. Is that limitations you know? thing again? It is limitation, yeah. You can have a massive studio with all this stuff, but if you use everything, it just sounds like a, a mess, you know? Like, are you just basically using equipment wrong to make some interesting sounds? Or not knowing how to use it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, is it like a really difficult old piece of gear or something? What was I using? Oh, I've made a track recently that I borrowed a friend's synth, and I made a really nice, like, kind of fluty sound, yeah. and I saved it. And then when it finished saving, it played it back as this really f weird kind of ghostly, like a flute that's gone wrong, kind of. Yeah. With this like grit on it and stuff. It sounded great, so I recorded that. Yeah. that you know, that's just a yeah. mistake. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have tried to make that sound, but I'm glad yeah. it came out. Here's a selling tune called Keeping Time, Doan's collaboration with Jas Shaw, who's also one half of Simeon Mobile Disco.
You're going to hear a bit of music from another one of his projects now, but this project is not a secret project, but it's one that he isn't advertising as him. He wants to keep it separate from all of his other work. It's electronic, but it's quite a different sound world to what people expect of Derwin. So here's a little bit of that music, and I won't even tell you the name of the track. You can do your own investigation. Find out for yourself. different to your like gold panda process yeah selling process yeah it's it's how can i make music that is improvised and you know is the music i like it's got sort of generative i suppose it's like process based focusing on the results of me learning software like max msp or super collider or whatever and then just recording the results yeah so making a sequencer that generate sequences and the sequence and you know, I just press play and it does it it just does it and yeah. I just, I'm just there to record it so but you're, you're, you're choosing the initial sound source yeah. aren't you so in the first record it was how can I do like an improvised gold panda record basically yeah but that's very simple like just one sound yeah um, repeated because I like stuff that's like you know drone or that, I mean a lot of the minimal electronic stuff that I love it's just about being brave enough to say no it's done and not adding the yeah. next thing you know that makes it yeah. into a song which i s- suffer from necessarily think that of you as well that no one knows that that's me well yeah unless they listen to this you want to keep it that way i don't mind people finding out i mean i'm not doing any press so no one should know but i'm specifically telling the people who put the record on spotify or whatever that it's not me to not say it not sell it as me because i don't want it to be judged as a gold panda side project yeah i just want it to do its own thing and i don't have any anyone looking after it, it's just, I just upload it to Bandcamp when I've done it. And then I send it to the distributor later and say, can you stick this on iTunes or whatever. Yeah. But actually, I mean, I don't even like streaming. I think it's bollocks. I, you know, I'm but, part of it and I find I get paid from it, okay. But you know, f- per track, what's the stream? 0.002 pence or something. It's just yeah. a fucking joke. And people are like, oh, you know, you're earning good money because you've got millions of plays. Yeah, okay, let's all be happy with the scraps, the fucking 31 billion 
dollar yeah. valued company. Yeah, exactly. Sends yeah. down from the top. Oh yeah, they're they're not making any money. Oh, that's why they've got offices in like every big city in the yeah, world. Yeah. yeah, they must be broke. Sorry. Sorry. And then at six o'clock. Yeah, they haven't got any money, have they? They've got like fucking hundreds of employees. Yes. It's all bollocks. And people are so like happy to kind of defend it as like, well, you know, if if there wasn't the streaming services, no one would hear my music. Well, maybe you're just fucking not trying hard enough. I, I think a lot of people do feel a little bit bullied into it. Well, we into are it. being bullied into it, that's yeah. it. I mean, you're like, they're saying, you know, no one's going to listen to it if it's not on these. Well, yeah. I mean, you'll be, you're happy to upload it and be part of it. So you're just helping it. It's <laughs> helping it to continue. Yeah, you know? yeah. So you know, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm better than everyone because I'm not doing that with yeah. this, but I've... I mean, with Gold Panda, I am. So I am earning money out of it. So I'm just as bad as everyone else. But you're the worst. Man. I am the one, the worst. <laughs> uh, I don't know. You're just making something worth less and less, but more and more. I mean, basically, I have no choice if my Gold Panda tune is on a playlist for like Primark or yeah, yeah. Coca-Cola. You know, companies that I fundamentally disagree with their practices, like yeah. business practice. Yeah. You know, and I've got no say in that, and it's basically just rebranding my music or saying that I'm in support of this, you know? Yeah, I didn't think about that. Before, you'd have to approve it, and they'd have to pay a fee for it, and now it's just, we're Burger King, we've got a playlist. Yeah. Have a listen to what we've picked from this catalogue of readily available, that anyone can make a playlist. Yeah, I think something that also makes it worse is that the distribution of the money isn't fair, it's not equal. Like, right, you know Ed Sheeran isn't getting 0 0.002 people. I, yeah, play, right? yeah. That's exactly. for sure. I can't remember, I read it ages ago about how they divide it all up. Um, but yeah, one person's £10 a month subscription. If they love a metal band and all they listen to is this niche metal band, yeah. their money doesn't go to that metal band. No, of course not. It goes to big record labels yeah. who basically own it. But this is a conflicting thing. This, I, you know, I don't like this, but I'm part of it. Yeah, and so, it, that's what gets me down about music. Yeah, but it's like someone in your position being frustrated about this, and you are very well established and known. Well, I mean, artists, maybe I'm like, just well established and known enough that I can complain about it because I'm not like, look, I want it. I well, want people yeah. to hear my music, but I haven't got any money. That's what I was going to so say. I'm those, very privileged us, position, basically. Yeah, no, but I, you've got to have people who are in that privileged positions of fighting right, for yeah, the but, little people. Really. But then again, I'm just basically saying that I've made some money out of music and I, I, I've got enough to just complain about it now. So whereas yeah. someone else might be, look, I want to do music and pay the bills with music and I'm going to use this system. That's the problem. I mean, they've given us the frame. Capitalism has given us the framework to like, you know, earn them loads of money. Yeah. And we can exist. <laughs> yeah. Know? We're lucky enough to do it. I fundamentally disagree with it, but yeah, I'm part of it, and there's no real option there. You're listening to the brilliantly named Vanilla Minus, also from the Lucky Shiner album.
Let's find this freckle shop. It's one of these. Is it closed? Final pimp. Oh, here it is. Yes. All right, here we, we are. Groovy. Okay. Right. Got Let's find the cheapest record. <laughs> I'm sort of going to leave you to use your sort of we... your digging chances. <laughs> I mean, look, this stuff. This stuff might be too good. Oh look, Eddie Harris. That might be good. Like okay. a yeah. saxophonist. So how I started doing the gold pan stuff was that I'd just go to charity shops and get whatever they had. There was nine, you know, yeah. 50p, 99p. Yeah. I mean, the, pro the problem now is that even my local charity shops are trying to get a tenner for a record, you know, like right. Tom Jones or something. You've got to be fucking joking. I mean, how many do we need, like? I mean, even one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's get a few. Let's get some. Okay, cool. Well, maybe that's good. We could get a sort of insight into your, your process that way. How many vinyls? I don't know. Samples might make it onto a track. 10 to 20? Because you're only taking tiny bits and then yeah. you're pitching them around, so... Once you start buying records and you have loads, then you can just keep drawing out the same ones. Yeah. And you find new stuff all the time in a different, you know... Yeah. ...different parts of it. But sometimes you will get something that's just so bad. <laughs> or so knackered. Yeah. It's worth looking through, though. All right. Should we get the one that looks like the worst? Yeah, that one. I mean, yeah, I suppose. Christmas songs. That's <laughs> gonna be fun. I fucking hate Christmas songs. Final one, the truly awful Mario Lanza, Christmas hymns and carols. Oh, Christmas tree, oh, Christmas tree. What about a mood music sampler? I feel like the noise on this record will be louder than the music. You know, the yeah. surface noise, yeah. just by looking at it, but that might be fun. That's the second vinyl we bought, and the third is the aforementioned Eddie Harris. Once you're done here with this episode, check out the music making part where we put these vinyls to good use, or bad use, or these bad vinyls to good use. Check it out. All right, we've got enough, right? I think we've got... Oh, look, this is my uncle's old record label. Really? Oh, no, it isn't. It's just got a similar logo. Oh, okay. They probably, there probably will be one in here, though. So you mentioned your uncle earlier. What's... Yeah. He helped start up Strongroom Records. Okay. Uh, Strongroom Studios in yeah. Shoreditch. So he lent me my sampler and everything. What age did you get the sampler? I think I was 14. So I just feel that that was the way to make music, was just like, you just make it in your bedroom. As soon as I got a studio, I just found it way harder to make anything good, because I was so... puts you in a different mindset, like it becomes professional. Almost, yeah. Do you know? Well, what stage was this that the studio came along and you were like... Only recently. Yeah. And I do, I do like it, but I think my studio, for me to really get into it, well, has to be at home. Didn't you move back at one point to Chelmsford? I did, yeah. That's yeah. when I made the third record. And I made the DJ, a bunch of DJ Jennifer stuff. Chelmsford. DJ Jennifer, another one of Derwin's projects. This is Dress Code, the unofficial Chelmsford anthem. On a Saturday.
Watch up. Watch up. Blue jeans. Chelmsford. Watch up. Watch up. Blue jeans. Brown shoes. If I'm still doing this in 10 years, I don't want to be playing the same tune in the same way I yeah. was now, you know? So are you trying to unlock something with the Max MSP where you can... Yeah, I'm trying to make a live set, which is just kind of live, really. Yeah. And I know people won't like it because they go like, well, you didn't play any of the music that you've made. But I have, I have done that for 10 years now. Yeah. Nearly. So... I mean, it's an easy gig. Doesn't mean it's an enjoyable gig if you're yeah, playing yeah. your own stuff pretty straightforward. As, I don't as find it, is. it easy though. If, oh, you right. ask, if you ask my girlfriend or my people I work with, I, I stress out for months about just doing the same set. Right. So would you be more relaxed about going in with sort of to begin loose with, ends to tie together? Yeah. To begin with, I'd be stressed because I'm like, oh shit, I'm going to be doing an improvised electronic thing where people are just going to go like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. But I think <laughs> after a while, I'd start to enjoy it and I'd be proud that I'd made that, kind of been brave enough to do that. Yeah. I think his live show plans are pretty exciting, and he's definitely excited by it, because as soon as I arrived, just about turned on the microphones, and he started showing me how it all works. So I'm going to jump back in time and let you in on uh, his little demonstration of how he's controlling Ableton with Max MSP. Okay, so for example, let's use a sound from Marriage. Yeah. And then you can, uh, yeah, so you could just generate random sequences, 16 step. And it's velocity as well. So is the idea that you can have fun playing your gold panda stuff in a new way? Yeah, and also, I mean, I'm going to use it for drums. So if I go back to the kick drum. The very clicky kick drum because it's on laptop speakers. Yeah. Then I'll just be able to like randomize it. Or I can like call up, you know. Like a, pre a preset. A preset. So let's do like something simple. And then I could save that. Yeah. And then I could randomize it. And then go back to the one I've just saved. Oh, cool. So, so you, you can just have tons of fun live. Yeah, and then you can random every bar. That's very cool. And then while that's going on, you could go into Ableton and then mess with the stuff that's in drum rack. Yeah. I find that Max is uh, fun because I'm building the instrument I'm going to use to make the stuff with. Yeah. I made a noise generator for my daughter to sleep to. I don't Did know you? if that's going <laughs> to... Is it white noise? Is it? Yeah. I had one on my phone and I was like, I could... or one on YouTube, I think. Yeah. I was like, oh, I could, just... I could just make one. Is it working? It's working. I'm getting drowsy. <laughs> We're going to take a small advert pause now, courtesy of Acast, the new host of Excuse the Mess. But as this is a music podcast and you may be a musician or a composer of some description, why not try and critique the music in whatever advert it is that you hear and decide whether it's effective? Maybe you could have done a better job. Anyways, 
Here it comes. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I feel like I'm not being a great dad at the moment. But you made her a Max Patch. That's amazing, <laughs> yeah. Pat. Just got to do what you can. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're lucky. I think we've got a really good baby. Okay, yeah. It's not as hard as everyone says. What's hard is the time management. It's made me realise how much... I want to make music with Max more. Like, right. just have a patch going in the kitchen while I'm looking after a baby. Yeah. Something really liberating about it. You set up a system, press go, rock a baby a bit. I just think the system is, like, one of the key things to making music. Yeah. Once, once you've picked the gear you're going to use, it's really, I find it really hard to, like, make a track these days like I used to. I find it way easier to just make something that will make the track for me. Mm. or pick the gear and make all the tracks really quick. And all we do is selling. Pick the way we want to make it yeah. and just bash them out. Yeah. An hour on those tracks. Oh, really? Record it all in separates and then came back and edited the good bits together and then we had a record. That's so quick. Did like 26, 27, maybe 30 tracks. Wow. The second album coming up, that's going to be a similar yeah. thing. You've set up the system and... Just set up this really interesting yeah, system with a bit of kit that's sort of like... We have a sequence that triggers some synths. Then we, then we muck around with the synths so they sound interesting. Then we sample those synths. Then we use the same sequence to trigger the samples in a different machine. And then fuck with that. Right. And that's done. So each track goes through a similar process, but they're all... Yeah, they're all made different. on the same thing. Yeah. But they all sound different. Some more selling for you. This is Dicker's Dream.
selling and gold panda videos. They're yeah. really wicked. I think you've got a lot of love for, in my car, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, that one was done by Rob Brandon, who is from Essex, actually. Right. And did, was it your concept? I mean, I wanted to make a hip-hop video right. with my crew, but I don't have a crew. <laughs> uh, so so was I was crew? living with my grandma, so yeah, yeah. I thought, well, maybe she wanted to be in it. <laughs> And then uh, we had to come up with something to do, so we went to the museum. Yeah. <laughs> Chelmsford Museum. Yeah, that was it, really. Yeah, it's quite a heartwarming and also a really funny video, the fact that you decided to go with your grandma. And, yeah. I mean, it's probably the coolest video I've ever seen. It is definitely cool. I don't mean that sarcastically, either. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I don't mean Because <laughs> you're um, not trying to be cool, in fact, you're sort of being the opposite. I love it when, like, the track drops out and she's just there watching you. <laughs> Just mucking about Mess on with that drum machine, yeah. yeah. Like just that relationship between you and your grandma. Mm. So it's obviously super close and it's yeah. like really endearing. recommend going to check out the video it's just brilliant it's when we were walking this way you said you wanted to make electronic music that's really human I sort of binged your videos all at once. Something sort of unlocked in my mind about all of your music and the Gold Panda stuff in particular. It's just really positive. Yeah, but I'm such a negative love. person. I was going to ask you, are you as joyous as your music is? No, I fucking hate people. <laughs> I hate music. Yeah. A friend of mine said that maybe your music's happy because that's what you're trying to be happy. And yeah. I was like, yeah, maybe. I don't know why. I think with Gold Panda it started like, I was depressed, or I still am. I suffer from depression, or with depression, and like self-confidence. Yeah. It was just like making nice, making songs that made you feel, I don't know. Yeah. Like it had emotional content, I suppose. Definitely. Emotional side to it. That's probably part of the reason why it's so successful and so widely loved. Yeah. It's funny, maybe if you're coming at it from this cynical point of view, you've made this music that's really positive, and then the world adores it. Is that part of the reason why makes you have a strange relationship yeah. with your back catalogue? Yeah, it makes you hate your music. Yeah, everyone wants you to go out and play you, and that's the last thing you want to do. Yeah, there was a while where I wouldn't creep. play it yeah, for like really. a year. Yeah. It is your creep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the ball and chain. Yeah. That keeps paying. Yeah. That's why 
bands and artists change and they don't do the same thing. It's because they just want to, once you've done it, what's, what's the point in writing like, it would be super successful, but why write 12 U's? Yeah. No, exactly. You did two. You did two? Yeah. That was enough. <laughs> I like this, the end one better than this. I, I think I prefer the end one yeah. as well. Drop track here, note to self. back to that human thing. I love the pink and green video. It has that human element. It's all that handheld footage of you traveling around Japan. Yeah, yeah. After watching the In My Car video. And then pink and green was just extra emotional. Seeing you just having like a wonderful time with all these yeah. characters that you were meeting. It's got my best friends in that video as well. I saw James Holden, I think, do some karaoke. Yeah, I really like James. I love his music as well. Yes. And he just happened to be in Japan when we were there. Pink and Green, which comes from the most recent Gold Panda album, Good Luck and Do Your Best. That album was born out of a trip to Japan where Darwin was pottering about with a handheld recorder capturing tons and tons of field recordings that were then sewn into the fabric of the album. Ooh. Fun fact, the title of that album comes from something a taxi driver said to him as he was getting out of the cab, Good Luck and Do Your Best. you on something else saying that you'd collected just tons of field recordings. Yeah, I've still got them and I haven't used yeah. them. Oh, man. Have you got um, a real archive? Yeah, I've everything. Makes so yeah. much music. Yeah, and I just don't release it. Yeah. Because, why? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I've been doing different stuff. It's just kind of get stuff out mm. so it's not sitting on a hard drive. Because you never know how long your career is going to last, right? 
someone people just decide to stop listening to your music. I suppose so. All of your well, albums still sound pretty fresh. Yeah, I suppose they aren't time-stamped with a specific genre. Yeah. How do you find all of those amazing samples? There's a lot of non-Western sounds in your music. Just record shop. Constantly buying records. You find a lot of them not where you think you'd find them. You know, like a China, some kind of Chinese pop sound. Yeah. But it'd be on like a Western soundtrack or something. But you're drawn to like those East Asian sounds massively, aren't you? I mean, they're just good, aren't they? They got good, good scales, and the tuning of those sounds are like interesting, yeah. I suppose. Time eater. news for all you gold panda fans there is a new album in the works yeah which is not finished derwin's going to tell us a little bit about what it takes to make a gold panda album and where his head's at with it at the moment and i'm not sure whether what i'm making will be like the record have you not found an identity for the album yet no i haven't found like a like a narrative or whatever like a story for it which it probably doesn't need i think i'm over that i think i just want to release an album that's a bunch of tracks yeah rather than should we go? Yeah. Yeah, I think I over um, too emotional, maybe some of the stuff. You know, too too on a plate. I think the new stuff is just more open. It's just some tunes I made. I mean, they're all just some tunes I made. You know, yeah. I stick the fucking story on afterwards. <laughs> Everyone does. That's why Softman works for me because I've made the the patch, which kind of is the the story, right? Yeah. So the recordings is of what the patch did. And I think that's what I like about selling is that it's a recording of something we did in the moment. Whereas what's losing the interest of me in Gold Panda is I sit there and try and make a tune and I'm finding that very difficult. But I've made three records and like a bunch of EPs and stuff with Gold Panda. And so now it's to the point that I could just shit those tunes out because I know how to do them. Right. But I'm not particularly fond of the result because it sounds like ones I've done or you know, it's, it's hard to find the excitement for me in there. I think other people will be more excited than me. I'm not promoting yeah. it very well. Yeah, you're really shitting on your <laughs> <laughs> What I want to do with Gold Panda is like find the excitement again of what. Yeah. That's when a Gold Panda album happens. Is like when I find the way to do it and it gets done. Yeah. Like the second one was like an 808 and a sampler, right? So yeah. The 808 just had that. I like the sound of the 808, and most of the records that were using 808s at that time were not really 808. You know, stuff in pop 
songs yeah. would be like 808 beats or something and they come <laughs> in and you'd be like that's not I mean that's a sample of an 808 yeah. pushed around and like yeah, loads of effects on it it just takes a while to like get to where I want to be and then the album will happen I mean there's a track Six, coming out in yeah. August will this be out before this will be out it'll after it'll be out that? in October so okay, we right. include that so the new track yeah. is that's the one that samples Hilary Woods on Sacred Bones I saw her supporting Low at the Barbican bought the record and then I was making a tune and skipped through that record at the same time and they went together yeah. so I was like oh, okay oh nice the reason why that tune is coming out is because that's something that just like happened mm. I didn't really think about it I wasn't sitting there going like how do I make this into a tune it was I had a thing playing and I played the record over the top and I was like okay some of this goes if I put it in the NPC and chop it up it'll go together and yeah so I think like to find that when that naturally happens with Gold Panda First, I have to be in the mood to make it, and then and you have to find the, the spontaneous point where that happens. The latest single from Gold Panda, Transactional Relationship. our final bit of podcast rambling for this episode and what we're discussing whilst setting up for the music making part of the day is a project that is new territory for Derwin. It's a collaborative project with the sitarist and composer Anushka Shankar. We're going to do some stuff hopefully next year. We did one gig in Paris together. It was on French television. Yeah, where they get two artists to collaborate. and Yeah, you pick a composer's catalogue or a composer you're inspired by basically and you can either like reinterpret some of their work or choose their method of working to to collaborate with someone else it's usually someone you know electronic music-y and classical or jazz and my girlfriend knew Anushka so someone asked someone yeah and uh yeah we did it and it turned out all right considering we had to write the music from scratch it was amazing yeah well that's how I met you yeah because I was doing a stint doing... as her engineer, sort of. Yeah, you did most of the MIDI. You did most of the I, work. I did most of the work. I transcribed a couple of bits for you to feed into nice. Ableton and apply your signature sounds on. See, that's way out of my comfort zone, was doing that gig, but I think it was good for me. So, like, in terms of other projects you've been involved with, that's very different. You're in the room with a musician. Yeah, who knows about notes, yeah. like, to, to a very... Um, well one of the best really isn't yeah it? i mean you know sort of harm you know harmonics and microtonal scales it's just like insane isn't it uh, there's me playing a fucking middle c <laughs> over it but it worked but it worked so the yeah. idea was like you, you were able to work in a way that you sort of normally would yeah doing yeah. a lot of sampling 
Yeah, I sampled a lot of her dad's yeah. stuff. Did we say that, that it was Ravi Shankar, the composer that you Yeah, chose? oh no, we didn't, yeah. yeah so we, we picked um, Ravi Shankar, her dad's catalogue, and then she had some bits she liked to do, and we just did them in a, like, kind of, well, a way with one synth and samples from the records. But I think if we had more time, it could have been way better, but I say that about everything. Yeah, of course. Although maybe no, not everything can. Not everything can. I mean, but, um, what time is it now? We're probably going to have very little time. Yeah. Let's hope it does. Oh, let me get this bucket. Shit. Before, have you turned anything on yet? Um, no. Okay, I'm just going to turn these off so I don't electrocute myself when I... Yeah, please don't. I'm going to jam a key in a plug socket, all right? If I blow up. Good luck, mate. That's definitely the nearest thing to a cliffhanger this podcast has ever had and hopefully the Breaking Bad levels of suspense will encourage you to go and check out Part B, the music-making part of this episode, to find out if Derwin survived his frankly cavalier interaction with a main socket. And if he manages that, then you're in for a treat because the whole writing process was classic Goldpanda working method, so very insightful for me and hopefully insightful for you. Don't miss out on that. I've got to say a huge thank you to Derwin for helping me launch this series. I hope you enjoyed listening to tons of his music. I'm sure a lot of you are quite familiar with it. And I really do appreciate him sharing so openly about his work, career and life. A huge thanks to you for checking out Excuse the Mess. You're clearly a wonderful person that will definitely rate this podcast five star. You might even share it on the internet or tell your friends about it. Do stay connected with Excuse the Mess Things. You can visit the website, etmpodcast.com, on Twitter, at etmpod, Instagram, at etmpodcast. And obviously keep an eye on Derwin News. You can follow him on Twitter, at Goldpanda. Look out for new Goldpanda music. And also there's that second selling album, his collaboration with Jazz Shaw, to keep an eye out for. Whilst I'm plugging albums, I might as well plug the Excuse the Mess Series 1 album, a compilation album of all the music created during the first series. You can stream that on all the usual places, including Spotify. But as we've learned in this episode, Spotify bad, Bandcamp good. So it's on there and you can part with a small amount of money to own it. Next week's episode will be with the wonderful composer Hannah Peel. I'm really excited about putting that out. And yeah, just generally stay tuned because there'll be another two episodes coming later in the month. That's it from me. Don't forget, there's plenty of episodes that have come prior to this. I'd like to say a final extra thank you to Acast for hosting this podcast. So to see us out, I'm just going to slowly turn up this beautiful creation between Goldpanda and Anushka Shankar. Cheers for listening.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.